What truths can we share only with each other? Gestures at Avatar. Because the the answers we did for what do we hide from others were vulnerability and authenticity. So this feels like an analog to that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I think even going a little deeper, speaking of authenticity and vulnerability, um, what the what ties the crew together is that each person knows what each other person wants without the trappings and the obstacles of mundane slash waking life. Um, I think that's the easiest, um, most concrete way of framing authenticity and vulnerability between the characters is that every person in the crew knows what every other person genuinely wants, whether it's something like day-to-day like oh they really want a bubble tea or you know something extremely drastic like i want to burn down the post office you know that kind of thing <laughs> noted oh god what would happen if anyone found us out i feel like the kind of the powers would want to media saturate the dream world as well so is it about like using us or like, like studying us? is it is it the like lab exter- experiment thing of you can do this thing we want access to be able to kind of use capitalism to colonize dream space i think that and the more immediate threat of kind of like the golden compass slash historic materials view of like severing the avatar from the self and like putting them in a bottle or wherever they go to kind of experiment on them with. I think that is something that's pretty sinister and also I would think genuinely existentially terrifying to these characters even if they fear their avatars is still something deeply personal and again deeply authentic and deeply intimate and vulnerable so like to have somebody literally excise that from you and kind of run off with it to do whatever I think as and as the immediate fear whereas the colonization of dream space is like the more abstract overall feel. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm thinking like in dream space, I don't know if we want to have the immediate fear of like, oh no, I lose life and limb, but rather I lose my most authentic self and I don't ever gain it back. And Or if I do gain it back, it's been irrevocably changed by someone who's not me. I think there's also perhaps a fear of consequences that spill into the mundane world, that the extent to which that would happen would definitely vary by character like for mine it would probably just be social ostracism where for mike's character it might be more like arrest death and i also think that one of the like unique things that comes out of that observation is there's a way to try to milk capitalist value from the work that you do but it is different depending on what is being valued or taken from you in that moment but the result is still the same how do we turn it into value that I think is very intriguing. And last but not least, the questions, what comes at the dream's end? What will be left of the waking world should the conspiracy devour the dream? Given everything that we've talked about, it seems like it would make sense for the conspiracy to somehow cut off people from being able to manifest their authentic selves in the dream world in any way. And so it feels like the if the conspiracy wins, then they gain a control over the dream world that gives them greater control over the waking world in a way that perpetuates the mundane and unjust or is it because is this if this is the conspiracy it wants to shatter the barrier and it is a is a a history mm-hmm. but we've also established that the relationship that that history has with 
with the real world is complex, that it is, or can, seek to empower a kind of present and future that is hostile to us, which can manifest in all manner of ways, and in this kind of lens could be a sense of hazard, uh, a very terrible turn of phrase, bring us back to the good old days, which, as a rule, has with it a, a, a great deal of kind of complacency, um, a kind of rigidity that could attempt to be reinforcing the idea that this is the way that the world should be and we will even rob you of your sense of self in order to ensure that you perform that role which both in the dream and in the process of shattering the barrier between the two can very well be a sense of making your experience in the dream be just more work which is a very matrix resurrections idea of we are trying to milk as much productivity out of you as possible even when you do not think that you are thinking which I think would be kind of cool if you all agree. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like that. I guess I was just getting a sense of whether you think that that was a valuable way for that to go. Yeah, because I think it's interesting the ways in which kind of society writ large, where its desires overlap and contrast with the conspiracy. Because mm-hmm. it seems like both want to create a specific world state of this is how things are and slash have been slash ought to be slash always have been and us being in conflict with both of those i think is very interesting but i'm sometimes struggling to differentiate those societal impulses from each other while thinking that the game wants us these to have these be at least that they're not exactly the same thing if they overlap and if our dreams were free of the darkness, what might we wake up to find? I feel like this circles back to agency, because I feel like that keeps coming up a lot. I feel like the other word that I'm going to reach for, which is one that no one has quite touched on yet, but was in the list, is apotheosis. Just this notion of people having the the personal control and power and freedom to manifest their best selves and to not have to worry about whether like to be able to be authentic and not be confined by the social structures and the preferences and predilections of the conspiracy which is attempting to define things with greater rigidity i would go a little further and would say that the systems in place to like just constantly bombard the people in this world with just messages of doing this or doing that that in itself kind of eases or is no longer there to such a degree like if we go with the idea that the waking world is just so powerfully overstimulating that it's false in that kind of sense like it's just much more than what existence should be because it has been deliberately dialed up in order to kind of break people into the shapes that they want so there's more of a balance between like the kinds of things that you like the the severity to which you experience life in the dream world versus the waking world as well so i did this a lot so everything that we have generated gives me a very good good idea of some very cool things that I want to do with life. Um, but the other thing is, uh, those questions also lead into choosing a name for the series that reflect those answers. So a thing, a funny thing happened when we prepared for this game. All of these lovely boys chat. Last night, as an aside, I guess, even though this actually really matters, we watched Paprika because it's rad, and I wanted us to get an opportunity to like viscer- viscerally engage with that touchstone before we play. 
and we had a lot of thoughts about the game that we wanted to play, many of which you have just seen us discuss live in uh, in concert for uh, the answers to these questions. And one of the things that just kind of manifested, which I like a lot in part because one of these characters is an oracle of the dream, is, an I- is the idea that there is an oracular process through which one can externally engage with the dream that is not the same as the dream. And that just kind of manifested as, what if there was a dream tarot? And I like the idea so much that I literally wrote the thing down. I literally have on this page that you're not going to see. 99 cards for an oracle deck about the process of dream. Many of which are just very rad and very cool and I'm very, both very excited and very upset at all of these lovely people for triggering the idea for me to make a tarot deck because I will make the thing now. But one of the things that materialized in that conversation as a result is, well, what are the suits of this deck? of the minor arcana of this space. And we realized that because dreams are A, liminal, and B, uh, in a lot of ways about getting from one place to the other, the suits, as a result, are just the processes by which we enter through a liminal space. Uh, literally descriptions of the exact same processes that the cast discussed as the way that you navigate the dream. As a result, one of those uh, suits is mirrors, because your own reflection is not only uh, an an ability to observe yourself, but but the ability to observe space being warped and your relationship to that warped space. Each suit in the deck has a, what is essentially a face card in that suit. That is, the description of what that process would look like if it were broken. So there is a card in the deck called the Shattered Mirror. And I think as not only a discussion of how our own perception of ourselves can be warped, but how the metaphysical liminal process through which you engage in passing from the real world to the dream can be distorted or severed makes it a very good, interesting name for the thing. Well, but I, I am mean, also open to us not having to do the thing. The last item on the player agenda on our playbook sheets is gaze into the broken mirror. <laughs> I'm just saying. That is indeed true. So, the potential obvious badness of putting that name on the internet notwithstanding. I will will additionally add, since this is, we are doing the Maze of Dreams playset, so it could be maybe a maze of broken mirrors, because mirror mazes being their own thing. We're not going to be able to find a title for this that doesn't sound like a YA novel, are we? No. In fact, we should be leaning into that as a goal. An X of Y and Z. Plug in some nouns for me, friends. A maze of smoke and mirrors. Oh lord, oh lord, oh lord. Is, Are we is sure very... that's not taken? Uh, I am not sure that's not taken. I'm confident that that book exists. But then again, I'm confident I... that all of those all of those uh, permutations exist. Um, what is a synonym for mirror? This is, I'm asking chat to suddenly become a thesaurus for me. Looking glass? I mean, if you want to go vaguely horror movie, the mirror. <laughs> Mirror with a view of hell. Uh, variant would be broken reflections. Wait, no, hang on. A mirror with a view of hell kind of rocks. <laughs> so like, long. I it's would so absolutely huge. call my debut metal album by that title. It is a we very good go title. With, we could go with mirror with a view. Hmm. We could also continue discussing this offline. <laughs> yes, that is also true. But I say all of these things to say that when you see us in session one, we will have a, a title for you all to engage with, because I think that that would be really cool. 
I mean, I like that title. It's a good title. <laughs> so, the only other things that need to happen do not need to happen um, in this session zero. These are obviously details that we can leave for you all to discover in play, including the map that I have generated online for the city, the city space that we will be uh, setting the story in, um, which I will ask uh, our strange friends to populate some buildings in so they know where they're going and what important things happen in those places. But one of the other world-building things that I did want to do, um, while I leave most of the character sheets as they are for people to discover through play, because I like being surprised by what your abilities are, I'm going to ask you all about someone who is not here with you uh, in this season. This is season two of the story that you are engaged in. And in season one, there were actually five of you. Something has, as a result, happened to make that fifth person no longer be present. But I wanted to get a sense of how your relationship with that person has shaped your ability to continue from this point onward. So first, I want to ask, not their name, but all of their other qualifying characteristics. Um, uh, what is this person's age and what is this person's gender? Valerie, I can see gears turning in your brain. Yeah, my impulse is for them to be older than us and a mentor figure. And for and for it to be they them, that is my overall predilection here. And regardless of the fact that they were the mentor and have been more experienced at this than all of us, they were, I think, the biggest optimist in the group. Yeah, I like the idea that they've like been at it so long that maybe like they started off optimistic and they like dipped down to like a low crisis point and then swung back around to mm-hmm. the potential. Yeah, they had or... already recovered from their disillusioned cynic phase. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so it's like an informed kind of optimism, the wise optimism. Neat, I like that a lot. Mike? Yeah, I was thinking like, oh, okay, like the thing that I went to is having my character be the um the Gale Dornick to the fifth character's Harry Seldon since the Foundation TV show has been a thing of like, you have the person who articulated the powerful and deeply socially unacceptable hypothesis, and then they're gone. What do you do? And like, okay, like that's that's certainly a version that makes sense for me and for my character, but I want to make sure that like that there is a good charged relationship for everybody. It's just the, the thing that comes to mind here, so I throw it out. Mm-hmm. So it's also fair to say that they were the one who not only introduced you to being able to navigate the dream, but brought you into the fold of doing the work that you do in the dream in the first place. I think that would make sense, yeah. Does that mean that when they brought, when they taught you how to navigate the dream, they taught you it in order to fulfill that mandate, or because they thought it would be cool for you all to be able to do the same thing that they can? I like the idea of um, being taught dream skills in order to fulfill a particular mandate because that would align very nicely with the mentor role mm-hmm. um, that we are positing for them and it would also give each of the characters impetus to continue that work um, given this character's now absence in season 2. Okay. Tentative agree. I think it would be interesting if maybe the characters don't all know the overarching plan to the same extent and or are not fully informed of why they should be doing the things they've been asked to do. 
is it also possible that this person had at one point rescued you all from the dream individually when you were somewhat complicit in the conspiracy? Yep. I see. Noted. What was their relationship to their avatar? Do you, do you think that their relationship was just as complex and unhealthy as your own or did they potentially unlock something that might have been more healthy or more revelatory about that relationship? I think this might tie back to like having gone through the disillusioned phase and then come back out with the informed optimism. Part of that process would have been the fraught relationship with their avatar resolving into something approaching a coherence of identity. Uh-huh. I kind of want to lean in on that and say that maybe they were the Harmony playbook. Like they had become and essentially... their mundane self and avatar kind of fused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like they had literally achieved self-actualization and maybe they were a previous playbook like early on in their dream shaping career but then their final form yes yes um was the harmony and i think given the fact that the harmony is in a way almost the antithesis of what the outsider is i think it would be really interesting if my previous rival had been the mentor in a very weird way okay setting the stage for my own class change partway through (laughs) maybe maybe not i don't know Okay, and finally, and most importantly, they're not here right now because something bad has happened. What happened? I want to say that if we're working, if the failure mode, if the conspiracy winning mode involves separation of Avatar from self, then I would say that's what happened to them. That after they achieved this kind of perfection, it's like, imagine Garnet forcibly split in two kind of thing, and then one half taken away. So that kind of, like, destruction of self makes sense to me. And I think the playbook for the Harmony specifies that if you are separated, you then are just like in a cycle of desperate actions trying to become reunited. I see. I think even... Which also might explain how we lost them. Mm-hmm. I, I think it would be really interesting if their mundane self was lost in the dream world, but then the avatar self was lost in the waking world. Um, because that's an interesting inversion of where exactly either self can exist. So there's that element of kind of oscillation between the two. And so the crew is trying, would not only have to go into the dream world to do stuff, but also do things in the mundane world. That puts their physical selves like, in danger. Um, and I bring this up because I don't really want the entire campaign to take place only in the dream world. I would like there to be some action in the physical world as well. So if there was like something we had to search for, like something as important as this other person in both worlds, then that would help handily provide that narrative pressure. Um, And I do want to also mention that there are ways in which I want to manifest the process of preparing for a dream mission beginning in the real world. So having more opportunities to interact with the real world in ways that are not necessarily all the same. It's also a thing that I'm very excited to do. So yes, this is particularly interesting. So the last thing that I will ask as a result, especially because we've established all of these things, is I'm not going to ask you to name them, but I do want you to name their avatar. And I want Yoi in particular to name the avatar. Screech? <laughs> oh lord. Um, I, I, will, I will make that Sorry, Yoi, like this Saved by the Bell character? Oh my god, I'm taking a drink for that. Good lord. Put that on your bingo. Is that your final answer? Brandon takes a drink. Is that your final answer? Okay, cool. No, no, no. (laughs) I would take it either way. I am not, like, I'm not picky, but 
I guess if the avatar was not so much the ideal idealized self, but the idealized balance to their self, it would be an issue of like what that ideal counterweight to them was. Like what aspect of their personality was it that gave them that even feel, so to speak, that that made them self-actualized. Um, but we don't really know the character <laughs> besides the fact that, you know, that's what the avatar was. Uh-huh. Okay. Was was the avatar just named Harmony, or the or the name of the combined self? I do like the Wait, idea. Is this of going it? to be one of those portmanteau names like Brangelina? Like no, no, they're no, no. just going to have their couple name as their avatar or as their unified self name? I mean, I would believe you would believe that if this is their actualized self, then that's just like they they know what their name is, and it's just a name, and it's not like defined by its relationship to anything else. It's just the name that they know is their name. Um, if that makes sense. I like playing off of the idea of like a sound name that like euphony or symphony or something that indicates like there's multiple chords that are all together. Yeah, euphony would be rad. I think euphony would be, that's the one I'm kind of sticking on first. Like springing off of the harmony idea, euphony. Okay, um, so now that we know those season one stakes, I'm very intrigued to find ways to uh, pull out those strings for uh, this series. So yes, I know that we've gone a little bit long, so I know that there are some other things that we will do privately and some other things that we will also establish uh, in our first session. But how do you feel about the world building that we have done so far? I am so psyched about playing in this space. I am very excited. I think we could go another three hours, but we should do those three hours in dramatic play rather than uh, this form. Yes, it is presently 26 minutes to the top of the hour where we all are, uh, and that's varying degrees of late. Um, So it'd be very unfortunate for us to just continue having all of these engaging discussions, but I am very inspired to see what happens as we continue with this uh, series. I'm very excited for us to discover the name of the thing. Um, hopefully a name will manifest that is also good for the internet. I'm also very eager to sh- like to do uh, card things because that tarot really does, that, that tarot deck really is planning to exist. It, 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 it insists upon it. So those might be episode names very eagerly. But until that next session, which will be very, very soon, I will instead ask all of you lovely people to please tell all of you lovely in chat uh, who you are, what you do, and where they can find you. Starting with Mike. Hi, everybody. I'm Mike. I'm one of the three co-hosts of Speculate, along with Brandon and Greg Wilson, a.k.a. Arv, our host. He him pronouns for me. I stream video games at twitch.tv slash turbotango on Wednesdays and Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, and I write science fiction fantasy books. Follow my writing and stuff at patreon.com slash Underwood. That's me. Next, Valerie. I am Valerie Valdez. I continue to be the writer of books such as Chilling Effect, Prime Deceptions, and the forthcoming Fault Tolerance, which you can pre-order now. Pairs well with Mike's book, Annihilation Aria. Uh, you can find me online at ValerieValdez.com, at Valerie Valdez on Twitter, and uh, also on Twitch at The Kids Are Asleep. Next, Yoi. Hello, and very soon, goodbye. I am Yoi Goin Lin, pronouns he, game and fiction writer. You can find me at um, on Twitter at This Is My Design. Design is capital D A S E I N for those who are listening to this as opposed to watching. Uh, it is a animal pun and philosophy joke, as always. And Yori. Kusano Yori, Clarion West Claps of 2017, they, them pronouns. I write things, I podcast 
things, you can find me at kusanoyori.com or on Twitter at Iori Kusano. That is spelled I-O-R-I. No L's in my name. And uh, keep an eye on my Twitter, American Monday. I have a very exciting announcement upcoming. I'm very excited for that announcement. Um, as for me, I have been your humble stage manager this evening, Brandon O'Brien. Uh, pronouns him or they them. Um, you can find me on Twitter at the Rising Tides, and you can find my game projects at uh, the Rising Tides including the Fugitives play sheet that all of these lovely strange friends used for the case of the Syndic Seal, our previous uh, Speculate series. I am one of the co-hosts of Speculate, alongside Michael R. Underwood and Gregory A. Wilson. Um, and you can find more information about Speculate at Speculate. SF.com. And a reminder that your support of Speculate via Patreon.com slash Speculate helps us to do these kinds of cool things, including Playgirl by Moonlight, uh, which we're ex- very excited to show you more of because uh, Evil Hat does cool things. Um, Girl by Moonlight is coming very, very soon, and we'd love to give you more opportunities to see what cool things like this look like in advance. Uh, so, uh, thank you so very much for checking out this evening's session. The Girl. theme music for Speculate is Yellow Wood by Greg's band, The Road. Find out more at www.thebandtheroad.com Hi everyone. If you've enjoyed what we've been doing here on Speculate and you've been thinking to yourself, where can I get more role-playing in my life? Can I recommend arvaneleron.com, A-R-V-A-N-E-L-E-R-O-N.com, where you can check out the Curse of Strahd podcast. This, set in the world of Ravenloft, is a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition campaign, which has been running for a long time with a similar group of players, and which has been both a lot of fun and I think you will find enjoyable. If you like it, please let us know both there and over here. You can subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play Podcasts, and many other fine podcast providers. Thanks, and we'll see you over there.